Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Just Radio. I'm your host, Kara Tomei, and I'm very excited about our show today because I get to talk with people involved in one of the most unique artistic collaborative endeavors that I have come across in Los Angeles. It's called Thank You for Coming. Thank You for Coming is an artist and community-run restaurant that is home to an interdisciplinary artist residency program. Each month, a new artist is selected to work on their ideas as well as make and serve food in the context of their projects. So Thank You for Coming is a working restaurant located in Atwater Village in Los Angeles, and it's open for lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday. It is uh, completely volunteer-run by artists, and they host workshops, performances, special events as well. Uh, I knew about Thank You for Coming for a while before I saw them featured in Paper Magazine's special food issue this past May. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Paper Magazine has been around for decades. If you don't know it, it's one of the coolest magazines around. I've described for a long time. And this was an issue all about new movements in food. And Thank You for Coming was featured as one of the uh, few uh, articles in the New Foodist. No, I'm sorry, the New I think they might made up that word, maybe, uh, in Paper Magazine. So that got me extra excited about them. And then I also got to visit them for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh, and I can talk about that experience when we talk about that project in a few moments. So I want to introduce my two guests that are with me today, one of whom was a founding member and the other has been involved since the beginning. They've been open since last December. And so Laura Nagara and Blake Basharian, welcome to GIST Radio. Hello. Hello. Hi, you two. So I want to just give people, before I, I, I start asking you questions about how this all started and um, why it all started and how you run this amazing place, I'll give people a little taste of what you do. Oh, by the way, pun intended. Um, so past residencies have included things such as the Heretic's Kitchen, presented by an artist collaborative called The Order, exploring food, fiber, labor, and feminist history through the presentation of famine foods, which were things like bread, potatoes, beans, vegetables, what were called simple peasant staples, and they also organized ritual feasts around this this food and this concept. So if that doesn't grab your attention, uh, I'll give you another brief example of something that happened, very, very different thing. I'm sure each artist brings his own, his and her own, you know, interest into the picture. Uh, the one that I got to attend was called Special Meal, and in that project, the artist had a menu of 
last meals requested by prisoners on death row on the menu. So as a diner, you actually chose one of those uh, meals to have yourself. So there are two wildly different examples, and just to kind of get listeners excited about our conversation, which is going to take place starting right now, because, Laura, I would like to ask you, how did this all start? How did Thank You for Coming get conceptualized and uh, come into being? Um, Thank You for Coming um, started... We started talking about Thank You for Coming probably... uh, it was Thanksgiving um, in 2011, and we were visiting a place in Alabama called Pie Lab and volunteering there. And um, Pie Lab is kind of this amazing place that our experience showed us that um, we could go there and sort of automatically participate in this community that um, occupied that space on a daily basis just with everything from eating but also having knitting circles and that sort of thing. Um, And so when we were in Alabama, we got really excited about the idea of having a permanent place to sort of let unfold and and, an experience over time um, and up until that point, we had been working on sort of pop-up food projects and wanted to kind of figure out what it would mean to do something that wasn't temporary. And so, okay, can you can you back up a moment though and tell me first of all who the we is, and then also a little bit about your own background. I mean, are you a practicing artist, and so are the others? I mean, just really get back to. Is how does this come out of your own practice? And again, when you say we, I'm curious who who who's the we? How many people were involved? I think the the first people involved conceptualizing the project in Alabama um, were Jennifer, Sue, um, Jonathan, Robert, and myself. And then over time, that just grew into a more um, collaborative group. <clears throat> and so um, Blake came on, Cynthia Sue also is a founding member, um, and sort of this collective of people just put all the pieces in place. Did you meet in art school or did you meet in a community of uh, artists? I mean, are you, I'm actually curious, Are you? were you from Alabama or from L.A.? Uh, were what was the group doing to, to conceptualize this? We were just visiting friends in Alabama. Um, and I'd actually, I had lived in Alabama for a year. And so I was just going back to visit friends and see what was going on. Um, and was really curious about PyLab because I'd been reading about it and in the press and different newspapers, publications, and was really excited for them. Um, And so I wanted to go and hang out and volunteer and figure out what they were doing. Um, And then... So was food production part of your practice as an artist or, you know, your background? How did you get interested in food as art? 
My background, actually, I came to the food um, as art through sort of an an environmental activist um, role and working with food justice issues and sustainability and um, and then coming to a place where I wanted to figure out how to do that more locally and more intimately. And then, but the okay, rest of I, us, we're a collective group of many who wear many different hats. We have um, artists, designers, um, teachers, animators, lots of different people amongst us. So I don't, I, I like to sort of collectively identify us all as um, just a large family with lots of skills. <laughs> Right, you are. That's a true collaborative. You are real. You really have built a true collaborative, then, which is wonderful to to hear. I'd like to have Blake jump in here too, and just to ask Blake because I know that you've been involved since the beginning. But Blake, how did you come into this group? What excited you about it, and how did you end up becoming involved? Um, well, we all have we have mutual friends in common, and um, one of them brought me into sort of like a fundraising potluck style event. Um, right when we were still getting started and building out the space. Um, and uh, I guess I am a practicing artist and have a lot of interest in food and different projects with food. And um, it just seemed like a, a perfect fit that there was this space that was opening up and was sort of I, I saw a great potential in it and also really liked the people that I met. So <laughs> made an effort <laughs> That's to... That's always uh, helpful. Yeah, made a, made an effort to get people over to my house, and um, I was actually trying to do like a a little like brunch place in my house um, for a little bit, and so I actually had them over for that and doing testing and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that's basically how I got involved. Um, mutual friends and good times, but um, okay. but yeah, I come from an art background. And uh, I got my MFA at CalArts, how I know Karen as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been out for three and a half, four years now um, and doing all sorts of various things. And this just seemed to be sort of a perfect fit for where I'm at with um, a lot of a lot of art, um, sort of working collaboratively and uh, workshopping project, projects and that sort of stuff that I kind of missed from being in art school. I feel like uh, this is a great environment for that. I get to, you know, like working on Jason's project was really amazing, um, just workshopping and problem solving and really working Oh, we'll get to that. Let's, to let's actually, let's, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you and ask you to just pause on that because um, I do want to talk about uh, Jason's project, Special Meal, in, mm -hmm. in depth, but in, in a few minutes. Also, just to back up and say that, you know, Kel Arshans in L.A. everywhere, I'm one, and uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. Karen. Well, that's Karen Atkinson, and she is the founder mm -hmm. of Just Inc. and Just Radio. We All Kel Arshans are connected to, to Karen Atkinson in some way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just wanted to mention, give her a shout-out because it's because of her and Just that we're on the air at all. Um, okay, great. So you you all started in just this past December. Uh, Laura, what was your very first meal project? 
what was or the first residency that happened just as a place to start about talking about projects um the first artist um that we worked with was in december 2012 um christina victor her project was um called miami and it was all about creating a a space where she could explore cuban stereotypes um that cuban stereotypes that definitely characterized her childhood growing up in miami and so yeah we had a cuban restaurant for a month the yeah, next okay, project. a Cuban restaurant for a month where she was uh, the obvious. So, she, so an artist comes up with, if you could describe how that process happened, because also our listeners, many of whom are artists, might be interested in even proposing something. I understand you do kind of an open call on your website for people to propose projects for, for thank you for coming. So how does that process work? And, and then just how does an artist go forward to make it happen? Well, um, yes, we do have an application on our website, and all are invited to apply regardless of your experience or background or whatever you um, define yourself as. Um, and then we typically sit down and review all the applications at once and contact everyone and let them know that, um, we'd love to work on their project with them, but they need to volunteer with us first. <laughs> and part of that um, decision is to uh, make sure that, well, we found that it's best to have the artist integrated into the collaborative process well before they actually start their project, and the best way to do that is to have them volunteer and be in the kitchen with everyone else, and, you know, their ideas can flow from there. Um, and so it's been, that's been a learning curve for us um, that definitely, like, happened over time we figured out that the best way to get everyone to support each other was to make sure that they all respected each other. And so working together was the best way to achieve that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you. The, the, I, I must, you know, I, I could say that when you go in the restaurant, it's a fully working restaurant. People are cooking and cleaning. I mean, it's it's actually amazing to see that you are doing this all collaboratively and all volunteer, all volunteer run. Um, you know, I'm curious, Blake, how does it work? Do you all do a group of you sit down uh, on a regular basis and figure out the logistics of how to make it all work? And, I mean, how does the collaborative process work, really, in terms of the people sitting down and figuring this out? Well, we have organizational meetings every, every week, uh, usually on Monday and Monday night. And so that's kind of like a core group of people that um, are usually there every week, plus a few people who are, like, uh, super pertinent to whatever's going on that month and um, various others. So it's it's a very fluid thing. Like, there's definitely, you know, like six or eight of us that are there pretty much every week. But um, it is really uh, a very, very collaborative project. Uh, every week to get everything done. So 
we um, we have like I would say a network of about forty people. Is that right, Laura? Forty to sixty people that we draw from volunteer wise. Yeah, I, I think I think we have more volunteers sort of signed up on our email list, but then I would even say like the a smaller group of active people is like twenty five. Yeah. So you know, we um we're always all, all talking and then there there's sort of like like days that people have picked out. Like for instance I kind of always work on Sunday nights. Um, you know, like Badger, who's another volunteer for us, usually does Saturdays. Laura is almost always here on Wednesdays. Um, you know, so we, we kind of pick out days and kind of spearhead that. So, like, we're having an event on Sunday um, for Jason and, and an, another event um, in, in tandem. And so that sort of, like, organizational stuff, we're just doing it all by email. And so, like, I'm CC'd on all of that because I'm going to be there. That's sort of that's sort of how we work. Like, we have one organizational meeting, and then there's just a lot of communication going on by email and phone calls, et cetera, to make sure everything's getting I'm, done. Yeah, I'm sure, because, you know, I'm I'm surprised to see, like, uh, it's not just open for openings and special projects. You are open every single, well, not every single day, Wednesday through Sunday for breakfast yeah. and dinner. I mean, you are a working restaurant for, and, and, and yeah. open to the public. I mean, that's amazing to me. Did you, is that, was that always the intention, Laura, when you, when you opened the space? Was it, we're going to have a restaurant that serves breakfast and lunch, I'm sorry, lunch and dinner, whatever, you know, ongoing most days of the week? Or did that kind of evolve? I'm just very curious about that. Well, in, in the intention to create a permanent space and, and, um, and we were, you know, we talked about it a lot. We were super interested in, in how to create autonomy within our space. And we couldn't, we thought, we think the best way is to really be open and be a place where it can be that. And don't, if we were only open, you know, on Saturdays or, or for special events, then we would just be going back to the pop-up model that would only be accessible to people who were in the know about those events. And so um, just being a permanent space where people can come and sort of hang out, use the Internet, chat with us, whatever, um, gives us the opportunity to explore that. Right. I think, yeah, that's it's, 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 an, it's, just, it's an amazing accomplishment that you are – that active on on that daily basis, and I'm just curious, like about well, support the the business or actually nonprofit, or perhaps there's a little bit of both going on in terms of supporting this permanent space. Are you supported solely through people dining there, or do you get uh, you, I, you probably do fundraisers? Do you get funding? I'm just very curious about the inner workings that way because it's a big endeavor. So, um, you know, if either of you could talk about that, are you are you a business? Are you a nonprofit? you know, which which one or, or a little bit of both. Laura, do you want to answer that? Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I kind of lost. I dropped off there for a second. Laura, sorry about that. Okay, Laura. Okay. I'm um I'm back. <laughs> yes, I, um, you're back. <laughs> um, we are... Uh, we are not a nonprofit. We've we've talked about that option, and so all of our proceeds go to support the operations here. 
pay our bills, pay our rent, um, buy groceries, um, everything. So um, we've we do have fundraisers. Um, typically, it it just will. We kind of do the same thing. We just let everyone know that it's a fundraiser, and we're, we're a little short on cash, so we need to be doing that at the time. Um, like we've had a couple of fundraisers for different to raise money for different things, unexpected um, expenses, and so. And we've talked about becoming a nonprofit, but we. I don't know. We're we're still in the middle of exploring whether or not that's the best option for us. Yeah, it's a big step. I talked to a lot of people on this show who are in various processes of that and in different places and, and the decision to form or not. I mean, it definitely is kind of one of those organizational decisions that opens up a whole other realm of what you have to do, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, actually, I'm very impressed that you've been able to maintain it as a business with what it sounds like primarily proceeds from people dining there and then these special events, that's that's pretty uh, amazing. Uh, So, And also, basically, must say then to everyone listening in Los Angeles, go eat at Thank You For Coming because they need you to eat there so that they can survive, and it's an amazing experience to eat there. Um, Let's get into some fun stuff, talking about some projects and some of the amazing experiences. And since I got to visit Special Meal and have the personal knowledge of what it it was like to have that experience, I'd like to have Blake, uh, you talk about uh, Jason Metcalf's project and a little bit about you know how it got you know how it got formed et cetera and then we can talk a little bit about uh, the experience that I had there and, and others are having so tell us about Jay- the recent project you have Jason Metcalf. Uh, um, well, Jason's been involved for quite a while. Uh, I would say from the beginning. Is that right, Laura? I'm not sure, but um, he. Uh, uh, he had proposed this project, and we've been working on it, trying to put it together for uh, several months now, um, ironing out all the details. Um, and, uh, yeah, he usually works with reenactment in his in his main practice and his body of work. Um, and so the idea, I guess, behind this is that this is a form of reenactment, in a way, for everyone who's participating by eating. Um, and so they're choosing their last meal, essentially, or or we're hoping that they're thinking about that idea, at least. Um, and so with this project, um, you know, it's it's a very sensitive subject, and so there was a lot of thought going into it to figure out how to be respectful with the subject um, and how to well, present actually, the project. Well, actually, don't think we really – I'm sorry to interrupt you, oh, okay. Jason. I don't yeah, think we, I'm, I'm, we didn't talk okay, about, about uh, the, yeah. the scope of the project and, and the subject. Yeah, so it's, um, it's called Special Meal, and – um, what we're serving is uh, different uh, death row inmates, um, all deceased now, um, who had different last meal requests. And um, so not even all of them were actually approved that we're serving, but um, there uh, are a wide range of different meals. So we have everything from, like, comfort food, just like ice cream and shrimp and french fries, to... Um, uh, what is it, world peace, temperance, unity, equality, um, which were completely abstract last last meal requests, um, which have manifested as posters, um, or even altruistic ones. Um, we have two of those, which are 
a vegetarian pizza for a homeless person in Nashville um, and a, uh, uh, a feeding the homeless, which we're doing here in L.A. Um, and so the idea basically is, um, is that we're presenting this space for sort of contemplating what it means to actually choose your last meal almost in a more non-objective sense, like we're trying to leave out some of the politics um, that has to do with, uh, like, prisons, death row, and all of this sort of stuff. You know, there's um, there's a lot going on with that right now in California, the hunger strike, um, but we're trying to sort of, uh, I guess, Jason's idea was to sort of contemplate what it means to actually be given the chance to request your, your last meal. Um, and so the this prison population is in a unique position in that they actually, you know, there's some of the few people on earth that actually do request and, you know, get or do, do not get what they want for their very last meal, their last few moments on earth. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very, it's a very like complicated and, and sort of tender subject for a lot of people. And we've had a lot of reaction, um, both good and bad um, to it because of its, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot in the project already there, um, just the way that we're doing it, and so we're trying to present it in um, the most appropriate fashion, I guess, to allow that. Sure, I mean, sure, I mean, I, I I was going to ask you about the variety of reactions because I myself had a variety of reactions being there <laughs> and, and and experiencing this, and it kind of went from. Oh, it really did ride the gamut because, you know, it is a loaded thing and this concept of not only, yes, being able to choose your own last meal, but looking down the list of the menu mm-hmm. of the names and then what they chose, and, you know, like you said, anything from, you know, of an elaborate meal to um, I actually ordered the one olive. I remember that. I was kind yeah. of, because I remember sitting there. I was there with my husband and we were sitting there and at first I really didn't know what to do. I was kind of you know, oh, wow, there's a lot, there's a lot here, you know, and then if you really start thinking about it and let all the kind of, yeah, politics and all of that kind of come in, you, you, I got a little overwhelmed, so I was just like, wow, what am I going to do here? So I ordered the one olive at <laughs> first, and then mm-hmm. I just, then we decided to, in the end, we decided to order the uh, meal for the homeless, which I thought was really interesting choice of, um, you know, whatever, the inmate's choice was that they, they wanted that done. And I remember talking to Laura and Jason. I had a conversation with Jason about that. Yes, it really was going to happen. You know, there was other another prisoner who had requested pizza for the homeless. Or, you know, and so there was, um, you know, other options besides just ordering maybe the fried chicken and fries that, that, that someone did. And I don't know. I mean, I also got a lot of different reactions from people I talked to. Everything from people thought it was some someone thought it was really hysterically funny the whole project, to someone feeling really kind of overwhelmed and insulted by it. It really was a very loaded but interesting in the end, of course, concept. And uh, to experience it was really quite interesting. It did, the experience didn't leave me for quite a while, and I had the materials. I, I swiped one of your menus, all the set up. <laughs> the menu and I just you know shared it with some friends and just talking to other friends about their reaction to even the concept so I mean if anything it kept me thinking talking sharing it so I just wanted to share that with you both because I you know didn't get to kind of do that when I when I was there and and when I left so it was definitely a very very thought-provoking project 
you know, as I'm sure all of your projects are, um, very thought-provoking in many different ways. So, um, you know, how about Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, it was, I wanted to because I I feel that it's it's nice to get, probably nice for you to hear reactions, and I'm, you know, being honest Mm -hmm. about my reaction (laughs) too. Um, You know, it was definitely all over the place. But again, in the end, just thought-provoking, and that's the whole point, right? (laughs) That's the whole point of your restaurant is to have people come in and really slow down and think about these extremely conceptual ideas uh, about food and our relationship to it, and that was just one example of, you know, that, and thank you for coming. Let's let's talk about um, one last example, and I think it's just exciting to hear all the different iterations that can happen with an artist coming in and having a restaurant at their fingertips uh, able to fulfill their vision. So, um, Laura, can you tell us just about another project that you that was uh, recent and that had some interesting, you know, things going on as they all do. Um, yeah, I'm gonna talk about the Source Family project that we did, and um, this project was something that came out of a collaboration with Cine Family, who was featuring the Source documentary, um, which um, had. Uh, I think it ran for a week at Cine Family, but was also um, Cine Family housed a, a sort of recreation of the original Source restaurant. And so the Source family, just a little bit, was um, a family that lived in the Hollywood Hills in Los Angeles during the early 70s, and and they were led by an enigmatic figure, Father Yod. And... Um, but they also ran a restaurant, and the restaurant was their main source of income. And so the restaurant was on Sunset Boulevard. It was called The Source, and it was really popular for its health food selections during that time. Um, I think it, most of the items on the menu were vegetarian. And so there was a whole culture surrounding the Source family. It was a cult, and it was kind of... I think at the peak of their popularity, they had 150 family members all living in the same house. Um, so we decided to work with Cine Family on this project, help with the restaurant at Cine Family, and then we continued the project at Thank You for Coming for six weeks afterwards. And it, for us, it was kind of an amazing experience because we sort of got to explore what it meant to run the Source restaurant as a family and work collaboratively together and and really kind of take that approach, which I don't know up until that point we really respected as much. Um, and But we knew that the Source family was this amazing group of people. They run a restaurant. They were super prolific um, with you know, their art, and they made all their own clothes, and they made, like, something like 60, they recorded 60 albums or some crazy number of records, um, um, the Source Family Band. And so we <clears throat> we were really interested in figuring out how to sort of take this multi-talented group of people and all sort of work together to create this, I don't know, hopefully magical thing and that was a really great experience for us 
sounds incredible. You know, I can, I, I personally want to hear about every single project you've done there, but in the in the interest of time and my pretty much half-hour show, I really feel that our listeners got a great sense of thank you for coming, and I'm hoping they're running to your website, which is thankyouforcoming.la, and rushing to make reservations. I am really looking forward to frequenting you often, and uh, and I'm a big, big fan, and I want to thank both of you for being on Just Radio today, Blake and Laura. Thank you so much for talking about it, and um, I wish thank you so you. much sir. good luck going forward. Thank you, Kara. Yes, thank you. Okay, I'll see you at your next uh, at your next meal. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I want to thank thank you. I want to thank everybody for listening, and remind you that we are brought to you by Gist Inc., which is a artist run company dedicated to supporting artists in their careers, especially hybrid careers, which I consider absolutely Laura and Blake to be people who have hybrid careers of working artists who also branch out to do collaboratives, businesses, uh, nonprofits, that's the focus of my show. And at GIST, we have all sorts of resources to help artists do something like that if they'd like to. We have online resources for free. We have software programs, a professional practices manual, workshops, etc. So if you're inspired by Laura and Blake and feel like getting your shit together to do something interesting, please visit gist-inc.org. And please listen in to Just Radio again. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like sending a kid to basketball camp and helping a family with gas for their son's frequent hospital visits. And during the Honda Summerbration Sales Event, we can help you with a great deal, because right now we're clearing out the 2017s, like the Accord, a 2017 car and driver 10 best a record 31 times. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and driver January 2017. Life is full of big moments. Getting married, having kids, moving into a new home. These are the kind of moments that change everything. And they might have you making changes to things you don't always think about, like your health coverage. Covered California wants you to know that when you have a big life change, you may be able to enroll in health coverage or adjust your current plan. The enrollment window is limited, so to see if you qualify or to find one of our local experts, visit CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care.